so welcome to the podcast. I have the awesome Tom Luter joining me today. I, um, I'm just about to let him in to the recording. Um, this is going to be one of those episodes where I'm going to be trying really hard to not embrace my inner geek. Tom is like, there's nothing that this guy doesn't know about podcasting. So um, I'm, yeah, I'm really excited to to um, to get talking to him. So yeah, let's get into it. So how are you doing, Tom? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's very exciting to be on one of the podcasts that uh, we, we help. So yeah, that's really exciting. Thank you for having me on. No worries, no worries. So um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but just, um, yeah, just as kind of like a pre-intro. So yeah, you're you're the guy that sits behind the podcast, right? That just makes it all happen. Like people are like, oh, Christina, your podcast, it's fantastic. You know, this brilliant feedback, it sounds so good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking all of the credit, but go on, tell people what it is you actually do. That's the idea. We're, we're, the, we're the men behind the curtain. Um, so, yeah, I am. Um, uh, the main thing I do is I run a podcast agency. Um, I've been producing podcasts for about five years, and we've had an agency for about three years where we focus on helping mainly entrepreneurs and small business owners uh, build, launch, grow, and, and monetize podcasts to help grow their brand and their business. Um, we work with about nearly 150 hosts now. We're doing really, really well. Um, and we work with them to make sure that they have as little of the technical pain as possible so they can focus on creating great content and getting out into the world. And, um, you know, I have the pleasure of working with a really wide range of hosts, everything from small uh, health and safety podcasts up to big podcasts like Rob, who interviewed Floyd Mayweather last week. Um, and I get the privilege of obviously seeing you know, the back end and the analytics of, you know, over 100 podcasts that are live now. Um, so I can kind of see the trends. I can see what works, what doesn't work, which puts me in like a really good position to know what's happening with the industry. Awesome. Awesome. So um, you you mentioned Rob. So that's Rob Morph, um, is it the disruptive entrepreneur? Yes. Entrepreneur. I can never say that word. You say <laughs> it. What's it called? The Disruptive Entrepreneur is Rob's main podcast. Yeah, there you go. So that, that's quite often like a, a top 10 podcast, isn't it? Yeah. So um, uh, I work at one of Rob's companies. Um, I used to, well, I used to do that. And about five and a half years ago, um, he wanted to launch a podcast. So we put it all together on a shoestring. Um, and he's now been running his podcast for five and a half years, nearly episode 700. Um, and he was our first client when we then made the agency. And then from there, um, we've grown and, um, you know, he's been doing it a long time and we're able to kind of like, he lets us test everything with him, all the, you know, different ideas we have for how we can promote or grow or monetize a podcast. We test with Rob and then what works, we then filter down to everyone else we work with. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a long time working with Rob, but really exciting. And, you know, it's, it's always good to hold him up as an example of, what you can achieve with podcasting if you stick at it because you know even for someone like Rob who did have a profile when he started it still takes a little bit of time to get some momentum um but you know it's only getting easier now as kind of market penetration for podcasts is bigger than it was I think when we started five years ago only kind of 12 percent of the UK listened to podcasts 
Now we're at 25%. The US is at 50%. Um, but there's still like a really long way to go, which is, you know, what I always kind of like to harp on about when, you know, recently we've been doing a lot of like clubhouse content that we're still actually only in the opening phase of, you know, the popularity of podcasting and, and kind of audio as a content medium. Um, uh, like social media, when you include like Facebook and Instagram, it's like 85% of people have a social media account. Um, so, you know, we are not even a, quarter, a third of the way into how big it could be. So, you know, I always like to try and frame that for people because a lot of people will go and they'll see, they go, oh, I've got an idea for a podcast. And then they go and they go, oh, somebody's already doing that. So I can't make a podcast about that, which is to me just crazy because, you know, when one person created a, you know, a Minecraft channel on YouTube, um, other people didn't go, oh, someone's doing that. So I can't do that anymore. You know, there's, there's thousands and thousands of them that are all really, really successful. Um, you know, we don't just have one, you know, TV show about hospitals or police. We have loads because there's lots of different approaches and angles you can take. So um, I'm, I'm really keen in trying to share the message that like podcasting is, although it's a format that has been around for a while, it's still actually in its kind of infancy as far as like mass um, appeal and mass adoption goes. Um, and, you know, it's the same as people that are like, oh, I wish I'd started a YouTube channel in 2007 or a Facebook page in 2008. For me, that is now for podcasting. Um, and there's yeah, loads of other reasons why I think it's great. So, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a few things there that I want to dig into. And I, I didn't want yeah, to interrupt yeah, you yeah. mid-flow. So, so first of all, like podcasting, if I think back to... I guess 2000, yeah, probably like 2008, maybe even, yeah, 2008, 2010, kind of podcasting was just like, to my mind, that was like the very beginning of podcasting. We kind of saw this, this increase in popularity and it, it's like people in the digital world, people in the, in the social media world, like a lot of people were like creating podcasts at, at that point. And then it sort of died off a little bit. And then the last couple of years, it's, it's come back again. So is it is it the social, is it a form of social media that's just kind of never really fully taken hold and it's a bit of a slow burn thing? Or is it is it one of those mediums that is just you know, a bit like YouTube and video, it's just never going away? Or like, what's your thoughts on that? And like the, the kind of the history, if you like, in, in terms of usership? Yeah, I think um, it is interesting. And a lot of the time it gets kind of talked about as a social media uh, platform or, or network. And in kind of, in a lot of ways, it really isn't because there isn't actually anything social about it. You know, you create content and people listen to it, but there are very few social tools on any of the platforms for people to be able to engage with you or you engage with your audience. Actually, as far as it goes, it's kind of like, it's more of a, a content delivery platform than a social network. And then people then supplement that with, you know, a Facebook community or, or something else. So I really love that you said that because I'm like, I'm like podcast is actually really antisocial. Okay. Someone records something. And then as a user, you literally put something in your ears 
block out the rest of the world and it's just you and that person that you're listening to, right? It's like it's yeah, the yeah. ultimate anti-social platform, which I, considering the, the the job that I'm in, I actually love. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's one of those things where I think part of the reason it has been a, it's been around, you know, it's based on an old technology, you know, RSS feeds have been around since the beginning of the internet and used to be really popular for how people would like you know aggregate their own news and all that kind of stuff um so it's 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 an old format um and i think for a long time it i think the two things that have meant that it's never been as mainstream as um other kind of you know let's say con- content or social platforms is that one it's harder to it doesn't have an instant hook in the same way that something like uh, Facebook or, you know, now like kind of TikTok or Instagram do where there is, um, there is an added value to the consumer by getting, um, their friends and family to use it. Um, so there is like an encouragement, you know, it's built into the platform that it is made better if you know more people that use it because you kind of then are on each other's profiles, you're sharing more and more content. Whereas with with podcasting, um, it's made no better or worse whether your friends and family use it. So it hasn't had the kind of baked in um, kind of need to for it to kind of uh, grow. And, you know, you see with lots of, you know, every year there are social platforms that launch and, you know, they either very quickly build the critical mass to sustain themselves or they disappear completely um you know and like you know we're in that kind of phase of like something like clubhouse at the minute where we'll see in the next kind of six months is it gonna you know get to where it needs to to sustain itself or will it will it die on the vine like you know we've seen stuff like vine in the past the other thing i'd say is that it doesn't have or hadn't had in the past um like a single company really pushing it um you know like facebook is a platform but it's a company that is concerned with making facebook massive um for their profits instagram is a platform but it's a single company and podcasting is not a company it's it's a medium that is then delivered by a bunch of decentralized smaller companies and for a very long time apple and the apple podcast app on iphones is the kind of the most common and the most uh popular place for podcasts to be consumed and apple didn't really push podcasting you know it was something it was an app they built on their phones and for years it went unupdated and they didn't put a huge amount of features in. Whereas, you know, in the last two years, you know, we've seen um, Spotify and Apple both really decide that like, okay, podcasting is somewhere where we can make some headway in the kind of, uh, you know, the technology wars where all of these companies are competing for people's mind space. You know, Spotify and Apple gone cool. No one's really owned that yet in a meaningful way and monetized it in a meaningful way. and um yeah so both of them are pushing that and i think that combined with you know the just general kind of proliferation of smartphones more people having them even silly things i think like um bluetooth headphones i think make have probably made a difference to consumption because it's so much easier to have an airpod in just one airpod in and do your chores or cook or whatever than it used to be with wired headphones so i think this kind of like uh confluence of all these other factors and then finally seeing a couple of companies really double down on making it a priority and you know spotify particularly you know i think apple 
have put a lot of effort in, but for them, it's still probably item 15 on their board meeting, you know, below, you know, how many iPhones we've sold, you know, how many Macs we've sold, et cetera. But Spotify, you know, they're an audio company. They, they, you know, they, that's what they do. And they've significantly invested, you know, close to a billion dollars in acquisitions and stuff now. And I think they, you know, there is an understanding that just as probably five years ago, there was a huge pivot where everyone was like, oh, uh, video is what's going to be the future because people want to consume content in that way. And you saw, you know, every news company decided, oh, we're now a video company and they had to make videos of all of their articles. And Mark Zuckerberg described Facebook as a video platform and that was, you know, news. Now, I think we're also then seeing that people, the kind of step beyond that is that, you know, um, there is this whole big uh, space in people's lives which is the time you are not staring at a screen that is not, you know, from these companies' point of view, is not, uh, you know, not optimized, is not fully monetized. They haven't monetized that time yet. So how do they monetize that time? And it comes through investing in content that can be consumed passively, which is audio and then hence podcasts. And that kind of investment and push then brings the whole industry up and brings uh, more professionalization to the industry, more technology to the industry, and then, you know, you see celebrities and notable people start podcasts and whether they last or not, it creates just more public knowledge um, of the industry as a whole. So, yeah, a long answer. Sorry. But yeah. No, it's good. It's good. And and the thing is, it is really, it's the last two years, isn't it? Like I said, but pod, podcasts were, they, they were, they were gaining traction and then it we kind of, it, it was almost like it hit a critical mass and then sort of you know, we, you started to lose your downloads and the like, listens weren't happening. And that was at the time that video like really kind of hit and Facebook and YouTube were at war. And so everything went that way instead. Um, but podcasts never totally went away. It's just people kind of took the, the, the foot off the gas. But the last two years, it's like those people that really engaged and invested and maintained that consistency they're the, like the, the Joe Rogans of the world, right? Mm. Where, you know, that their their podcast is then in the news because Spotify has invested heavily in, in getting the rights to that, that podcast. And I think at that point, people suddenly went, oh, yeah, I remember podcasting. Oh, can you really make money out of podcasts then? And it all of a sudden became, actually, we might have been thinking about video and how do we monetize our YouTube channel and all of that sort of stuff. But actually now there's another channel we can use and maybe we can repurpose content or maybe I'm not happy on video and audio is a better option for me. So I really do think there's this like whole changing attitude around podcasts that is literally, in it. it's like it's been reborn. There's a real infancy around it at the minute, which is what makes it so exciting for, for new creators. Um, but that said... I think that there are a lot of blocks. So I know my, you know, this podcast that people are listening to now, I I kind of went, right, personal brand, I really need a podcast. I really need one. I really need one. I really need to do something about that. Well, I know how to do it because I've read a few articles, but, oh, it sounds a bit techy and I get bored of the techy stuff. And then um, I... Um, was doing some work with a guy, um, Spencer Lodge, who you you might or might not know. Um, and he kind of pushed me over the edge. 
and I still didn't want to do the techie stuff, which is why I came to you, Tom. But I think there's a, there's a lot of blocks that people put in their way when it comes to producing podcasts. You've mentioned one already. Well, there's already a podcast out there to do with entrepreneurship. So why would I create another one? But what what are the what are the blocks that you're coming across that are like they're so easy to solve? Um, yeah, I, um, yeah, podcasting is. I, I, for me, it's like far more unique than I think a lot of people give it credit for, at least in comparison to like the other platforms. And there are, yeah, some very specific challenges to podcasting that you don't get on the other platforms that that come through kind of the nature of how it's built. And um, I think because it's a, um, when it comes to that people starting their podcasts, you know, the, one of the things I see is people like massively procrastinate because, uh, there's this kind of perception it's kind of like a prepared medium you know where like you have to record and then you have to like you know actively then schedule and publish every piece of content that it has a like a much much more permanent feel to it than going live on Facebook which people do at the drop of a hat and they'll just live stream anything or they'll take a photo and post it up straight away but they those things are just as permanent as as your podcast they're just more you know, Facebook's just made it a lot more seamless to put it out there. And I think people kind of, I definitely see people get, they have far more of a perfectionist attitude to putting a podcast out than putting out a Facebook Live or a post on Facebook, um, which to me is like a false perception because they are both as permanent as each other, if not more permanent, because at least on a podcast, you you pay a host to deliver that. And if you then decide to delete your content, it actually gets deleted. Whereas on Facebook, I'm pretty certain if you actually wanted to remove your content, they're keeping a copy of it somewhere. As an archive um, somewhere. Yeah. So I think there is a perception of that it's somehow more formal or, you know, uh, you know, and I think people just get stuck on that. And and we see lots of people that they are really passionate and they know they want to do a podcast and then they get stuck in the pre-launch phase being like, recording episodes over and over again or tweaking their artwork like 50 times and it's really just a case of like um getting started because the second biggest challenge is is the consistency um of being able to produce content every single week now of course you know there are models for podcasts such as like seasonal models or whatever that that do work for some podcasts but on the whole like it's the best the best thing you can do is to produce like a weekly consistent podcast and that's because you know we're trying to build when you have a podcast you're trying to you're you're trying to steal a bit of someone's week you're trying to take some of their time off them so they can listen to you and one of the best ways to kind of amplify the chance of that happening are through consistency you know making sure you are your episode is there at the same time every week is roughly the same length so they can then kind of plan their week around that um you know they know oh you know Christina's episode is always there on Tuesdays it's always half an hour long and that's when i walk the dog you know, whereas if you released it on a Wednesday and it's five minutes long, it's going to throw it off and they might be busy on Wednesday. So they don't listen that week or, you know, it's only five minutes long. So they, you know, listen to it and then have to listen to something else. Um, so once you actually launch your podcast, for a lot of people, it's if they're not already content creators, it's the the habit of of building the habit of creating a piece of content that um, they are then producing every single week, um, you know, in a meaningful quality. And often I think the first, for most people, you know, for the hosts I've worked with, 
the first 30 episodes are the hardest and people they, they struggle through the first 30 and they're like oh my god i'm gonna run out of things to talk about like what the hell am i gonna talk about but once you break through the kind of 30 barrier people then can just go forever and they're like how did i ever think i was going to run out of things to talk about because by that point you've you've discovered the the models and the frameworks for creating content you've got better at sourcing content and knowing what can and can't be content so really like with podcasting the hardest part is your first few months but once you get past that you know you have your lowest downloads it'll be feel it'll feel the most thankless but once you can push past that you know, you start to get the kind of momentum and you, you have your personal momentum in how you're producing it and it becomes like a habit and then becomes easier and the momentum in, you know, your listens and your downloads. Um, but podcasting, you know, it's hard and there are a set of kind of unique challenges which um, make it uh, not easy or even like the the kind of approaches you would take if you were going to like, if you had a successful Facebook account and you're like, I want to build an Instagram account, there's a lot of crossover in the things you need to do. You know, you're like, oh, you know, you follow a certain set of like relatively generic rules and you'll have the same success. All of that stuff doesn't really carry over to podcasting. And there's certain things that make it more challenging that actually um, make it really difficult. But for me, it's like, if you can then figure out how to overcome those, you uh, make it much easier for yourself because so many people fail at those. Um, there is about, uh, 2 million listed podcasts on the Apple directory, but there's under 200,000 still active podcasts, which is, you know, podcasts that produce weekly consistent content, which means like one in 20 podcasts or sorry, 19 in, out of 20 podcasts just stop producing at some point. And, you know, they either fail or that, you know, they hit a barrier. So the fail rate, you can see it. It's really high. Um, so if you can keep pushing, you know, you're actually competing with a really tiny number of people in comparison to other platforms like YouTube, where there are 37 million active um, channels. Um, and once you can overcome some of the challenges, you know, for example, on um, with podcasting, there's no there's no uh, like algorithmic support. So on YouTube, if you have a really good video that gets good watch through and good engagement, YouTube goes, awesome. I'm going to show that video to more people because that's a good video and it keeps people on our platform, which means we can serve them more ads. So YouTube will like do a load of the legwork for you, as will Facebook, as will Instagram, et cetera. And, you know, if you do a good piece of content by whatever metrics they're using, they will like, amplify it for you. So you get help if you create good stuff, basically. With podcasting, none of that exists. This discoverability is really challenging. So you can make the best podcast episode, you know, in the world. But if you don't go out there and you know you you're equipped to know how to kind of promote that, it will it will disappear. You know, no one will listen to it. You know, um, but that does mean then if you can crack that code of how do I, you know, consistently promote and grow a podcast, you'll then you know you unlock more audience than anyone else because most people fail completely at that point so i like to look at all the kind of unique challenges as also opportunities because if you can um overcome them which none of them are um completely uh un um sorry i'm, I'm losing my words yeah, none of them are none of them are impossible to overcome they're just different or more difficult compared to other platforms you have a much bigger playground to play in because fewer people 
go there. Um, and that's for me why podcasting, one of the reasons I think podcasting is really, really great because Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, they make it really easy to put loads of content out there and they try and help you at least to begin with. Whereas with podcasting, you've got a much steeper learning curve. But once you get past that, um, there's just there's not many people there. So you've just got a lot more chance of success. So it's kind of like the inverse, I think, sometimes of, of the other platforms yeah. in regards to its learning curve. I, I think you get there's far more because you haven't got the algorithms to fight with because if you want you know if you want it to be searchable you have to do the legwork it actually gives you a lot more power it gives you a lot more control and one of one of the probably the most unique thing about podcasts compared with every other medium out there is this podcast is mine if I want to do one episode a week one episode a month. If I want to do a series of six episodes, wait six months and do a second series of six. If I want it to be, you know, never ending. If I want to skip three weeks and start again, you know, I I can do whatever I want to do with it. I started this podcast. It was, uh, um, yeah, we were in lockdown. I was 24 seven on the business. I wasn't doing anything for me. I was a relatively new business owner and I wanted to celebrate the stuff I was learning, the people I was learning from, the little wow things that happen across the way, the things that upset me, that made me passionate. And actually, this was my little um, my little tool to be able to do that with and carve out some time for me. It's very much, very much a hobbyist style podcast. So I didn't have a website. I wasn't thinking about monetization. I wasn't thinking about any of those things. I, I started it in August. The first time I logged in and looked at any stats was like January, February time, because it wasn't about what would I get for the podcast. It was like, actually, yeah, I get to do something different. Well, actually, now that's changed. And yes, it's still very much a passion project, but I'm kind of seeing, you know, I've got some some opportunities that have been presented and I'm really enjoying what I'm doing. I'm really actually feeling like I'm able to, to share some really valuable stories and, um, you know, put, put some answers to some questions out there in the world. So now I'm working on a website to help the podcast to be more easily found. And I'm working on new social media strategies and paid strategies to try and support that. And I'm like nearly 40 episodes in before I'm even beginning to do that. It, it really is. It's whatever you want it to be. And I think it's it's probably it's the most enjoyable form of content to be able to create. Yeah. And I'll say something there that I think is also really, really good about podcasting, um, which is you've done 40 episodes and now you're doing um, stuff like, you know, optimizing and building a website and stuff. Um, and all of those old episodes will, will get value from that because when you have a podcast, um, episodes will get downloads for, for years. Whereas, so, so if you decide a hundred episodes in, Oh, now I'm going to do X, you have an uplift on your whole catalog it's not just going forward from that point, which means, you know, it, it makes it a, an easier process to do because you don't feel like you're wasting stuff if you don't decide to make certain decisions. You know, for example, on Facebook, you know, um, if you produce a video, that video will probably have all the views it will ever have. 
in its first 24 hours to 72 hours. Past that, um, that's it. It's, it's had its life cycle. But with podcasting, you know, um, old content still gets the benefit of new stuff you do. If you promote your podcast to new people, they'll go and listen to loads of old episodes as well. So you get a kind of the compounding is really powerful because you can make a decision. You might make a decision on episode 300, you know, in two years time um, that will get you more downloads on episodes one to 50 because there's just more new people going back through the catalog. Whereas on, you know, the other platforms that are based around a kind of a mixed feed of content, you know, you see it creates you like, but you don't then go back and listen or watch every video that they've made on Facebook. You just go, Oh, they're cool. I'll follow them. And then I'll see new stuff they post. But with podcasting, future decisions help your old content as well. And that's what, for me, makes it one, you know, really, really good because, you know, it's, you get so much leverage in the long term out of, you know, your episode one will get downloads every week for as long as you run your podcast. You know, on Rob's podcast, for example, um, you know, his his first episode still gets five to 10,000 downloads a month. And we did that five and a half years ago. Um, so, you know, it, you know, it's like if you have, if every Facebook video you've ever made still got downloads every single day, you would think that was like magic, but that's what, what podcasting can be. And because you can, you know, you can change stuff now that will affect your, your back catalog. It's yeah, for me, it's just the, it's so much more, uh, efficient as a as a kind of you know format i think than any of the others you know in some ways clubhouse is the worst because you know you can talk for two hours and then it's just gone in the wind and you're like cool like i, I don't get any leverage from that whereas you know you and i will talk now um and it's you know you know 45 minutes 60 minutes of our um day but then you'll publish that on your podcast and you'll get, you know, several hundred or several thousand in your first week and then it'll get downloads forever. And then if someone in two years time is like, oh, you know, uh, oh, you, you, can you share with me some information? I can point them to this episode and we'll get leverage off this piece of content for years to come, not just, you know, minutes or hours. So that as well for me is, is super critical and kind of underrated it's this, it's the reason why podcasting for me is closest to YouTube. In if you if you have to have something that's close, because YouTube is also medium to long form content, um, and YouTube does a good job of trying to show old videos as well. You know, and, and people going back and watch multiple videos of of a new channel that are older, and you'll see channels that will blow up based on a video they released like two years ago, just because that video is. Um, on trend for something that's being talked about right now. Uh, whereas, you know, I always view the amount of effort people put into like LinkedIn posts or Instagram posts or Facebook posts as a bit of a false economy because it's just gone so quickly. Um, and you don't get any like, you know, tail on that at all, really. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. We've mentioned Clubhouse a couple of times. Yeah. So... I love Clubhouse as a platform you can dip in and out of and, and have a conversation on. And obviously you do your regular rooms related to mm. podcasts that I've, I've joined, you know, it's one of the rooms I look out for and tune into if I can. Um, okay. And 
Do I think Clubhouse is here to stay? No, I don't. I don't think they're moving fast enough. I'd be amazed if we're still, you know, three years, five years time, it'll be a shocker if it's if it's still around. Um, it isn't really anything new. However, it has brought the whole, the, you know, the, the phrase social video was not a phrase that was being used 18 months ago. You know, and, and I, I think that the impact of Clubhouse as a as a, a, a form of content, I think, is going to have really positive impacts from a podcasting perspective. So, are you seeing that already? Like, what do you think the impacts have been are likely to be in the future? Do you see them as two completely separate entities? Um, yeah. So, I like I like Clubhouse as well. I also don't think the future is particularly bright for clubhouse and we can talk about that if you like um but um as far as like clubhouse and podcasting i think um a lot of people were like oh clubhouse will like kill podcasts or you know podcast listenership has gone down because of clubhouse and there was a like for, for some podcasts there was a, there was a, a tiny dip as you know people like listened to like a hot new thing which was clubhouse um i think clubhouse and podcasts are, are actually much more different um than maybe people think and i think because or because the idea of consuming audio content is still quite new to a lot of people which seems silly because the radio is the first you know the radio was the first form of content but we've we've transitioned to very visual heavy content in the last you know 10 years since social media because it's all based on the screen but so for a lot of people like consuming content passively through audio only is actually quite new so they talk about like oh they're like oh we have one audio thing podcasting and then another audio thing so that thing must kill that thing but like you know when instagram came around no one was like oh youtube's dead um you know because they 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 both provide completely different sets of tools and completely different kinds of content it's just content you consume with your eyes rather than you know with your ears or if you video it's both um so I think it's kind of like, for me, it's a misunderstanding, you know, because like, just because they're both audio, it doesn't even necessarily mean they're competing, you know, uh, they're just in the same space. I do think it probably actually in the long run will have a benefit to podcasting because you will have had a lot of like casual people jump on the, like the hype train of a cool new platform that's invite only. And then they'll kind of go, oh, how do I get more? This is actually quite convenient for me listening, just listening to stuff. I can do it in the car. I can do it whenever like, oh, yeah, I can get podcasts. Oh, and actually like the quality is a lot higher because I haven't got to wait for a good conversation to start. I can just like listen to something I want. You know, I don't have to listen to, you know, you know, a lot of the waffle that you sometimes get with with some of the rooms, you know. So I think it will have a long term big positive because it just turns more people on to audio as a format and you know whether it's clubhouse or some some other form of social audio you know hangout places i think you will see some really in I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some interesting things you know um you know people using rooms as the kind of like you know uh the preamble before they do an interview or they do an interview and then they go straight to clubhouse and they then do a kind of post interview with their fans i think there's loads of interesting formats that i'm looking forward to people experimenting with um and you know playing with the form and i think that's what's really interesting is how you can 
combine the benefits of all these different platforms together to kind of strengthen your brand rather than just be like, oh, I'm a clubhouse person. No, you should be, you have a brand. And, you know, if if the content you're doing is good for clubhouse, use clubhouse. If it's good for YouTube, use YouTube. Um, because you just want to de-risk yourself. But I think long-term good, because it will get more people onto casual audio. Um, I think it will encourage people to try different things and test different formats. Uh, for Clubhouse itself, I'm unsure. Um, I think they probably, in my opinion, uh, I think they fell into like the VC trap. Um, they, yeah. they took a, a huge amount of funding really quickly. And they fall into that catch 22 where you basically have to now, they have to now hit like a hundred million active users to be able to stand a chance of making back what's been invested in them. So it prevents the chance for them to ever hit, find some organic medium. You know, it, it, it could have become like, oh, you know, Clubhouse isn't massive, but it's where like business people hang out and chat with each other. And they could have had 10 million users and been fine but they've taken on so much. The bet is so big now. They either have to be Facebook size or not exist at all. And yeah. that's the, you know, you see this, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but you see this with a lot of like social companies that take big amounts of funding is everyone wants to find the next, next Facebook, but it then means you either, you know, you bet big and you go to the moon or, you know, you're dead within 24 months. And I think, unfortunately for Clubhouse, they probably could have found a really nice middle ground like a, you know, Snapchat size, you know, 10 to 50 million of people who are really dedicated to the platform, but they've, they'll probably end up burning out because they, they need to keep the, to get to where they, to IPO at what they would need to, to make all the investors profit. They need, you know, a billion users and yeah, yeah. It's a shame because, you know. I think they've missed their opportunity. So um, I, I don't want to go too far down this track, No, no, but of course. It, it's, you know, it, it's a any new social any new social platform. If it is truly innovative, one of two things will happen: it either gets bought out, and and to be honest, I think they had I think that magic offer they've had and they said no to. I, I feel like it's too late on that one now. Um, or when they say no to that to that purchase, every everyone just re-engineers it. You know, because it actually the, the purchase is to to cut down on the work required. So, well, if I can't buy your clubhouse, well, sod you, mm. I'll just get my team on it anyway. It'll just take us a little bit longer. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's kind of, yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see what yeah. happens with that one. Um, but I I just I feel like social social audio is not going whether clubhouse is here or not. Social audio is here to stay. Um, and I think part of that is that it's almost like a playground. There, there's people that I have that I I know that have been active on Clubhouse, and they found that they've gone, "Ooh, people are interested in what I've got to say." Okay, maybe maybe having a podcast is an option after all because it's just given that given that little bit of confidence to actually engage in that. Um, so yeah, I, th I think it's I think it's interesting from that perspective. Okay, I got another question. I'll tr I'll try. I might have one more after this, but I might. Sorry. I think we'll, we'll probably. This is kind of a bit of a meaty question. We might end up going off in a few different directions. So you work with some podcasts that are um, yeah absolutely huge. 
you know, some some sort of big big players within the entrepreneurial world here in the UK, um, and and you know, and some that are you know on an international level as well that that sort of you know big names, um, and then you've got people like me, who you know sit in sunny a, a big name in the making. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, you know, it's like I'm I'm really well known in my bathroom mirror, and you know stuff like that. Um, when it, like, I'm aware, for example, I know there's a health and safety related podcast that you run that has done exceptionally well, that is just charts and charts and charts. And, you know, so the, the question is, what does it take to create, uh, what's, what does it take, what the strategy, what the tactics to being a, um, a, a podcast that charts? Okay. Um, and and does it matter so so yeah well first of all uh, actually um charting i think is not as important as people think um i think there is there's maybe a preconception that if you chart that will somehow get you loads of new um listeners and it, it might get you some new listeners but I bet if you asked yourself, anyone you know that listens to podcasts, I don't think many people pick what shows they listen to by just going to the chart and just listening to whatever's at the top of the chart. Most podcasts, most new podcasts that you'll start listening to, you'll listen to because of a recommendation from someone, because you found a specific episode through search, or you've seen it uh, mentioned in a list or an article somewhere. Um, people aren't generally, I don't see people just go to the charts and go, cool, whatever's number one is what I will listen to. Like, it's not really how new, you know, picking people pick their new podcasts that they're going to listen to. So I would say like charting is, there is a value to it, but I wouldn't focus a strategy around charting because I think the effort you put into charting, um, is not as big as doesn't give you the best outcome for the amount of time it would take where you could spend that doing other things um, that will like, you know, grow your podcast in a different way. Um, so if, you, if you're looking for what makes a podcast chart, the kind of the technical answer is um, obviously Apple don't, don't tell exactly what makes your podcast chart, neither do Spotify, but it's some, some aggregate of new subscribers in a, like a rolling 12 hour period or something like that. Um, it can't be based on raw downloads. Otherwise, the, the charts would never move. It would be locked in with the same people forever. Um, so if you want to chart, get lots of new subscribers very, very quickly is the answer as far as we, we know right now. Um, if you want to be a podcast that gets that, obviously new subscribers are new people listening to your podcast, not existing people. So you need to be creating content that is going to be uh, – grabbing to new audiences and that might be something that's controversial or contrarian or particularly novel or unique in some way um whether you're you're big or small most people will uh come for the content and but stay for the host is is the trend i generally seem to find so people will start off looking to have a question answered um and that's how they'll find an episode or a podcast. 
but then once they listen to you they're like oh it's the person they then kind of fall in love with and that they spend their time listening to um whereas you don't people don't go out looking for a charismatic host they go out looking for an answer to whatever question or they go oh you know i just saw the latest Chris Nolan film I'd like to hear some people talk about that so they'll you know they'll search for a podcast about that but then they'll find a podcast about oh those guys are really funny I'm going to listen to them every week now so that's the kind of like the model which is like you want your you know your content to be what people are looking for you know your titles your descriptions to be what people are going to be looking for in whatever it is you're talking about you know, we we spend a lot of time trying to work working on our titles and our, our show notes with our hosts to make as much as we can there it be stuff that people are looking for. So, you know, it can be found. Um, but then make, you know, when people are actually listening, you need to have you need to be confident that you are like unique enough, passionate enough, and different enough that people will be like, Oh, Christina was awesome. I will just listen to whatever the next episode is, because that won't necessarily be what I was looking for when I looked for this, if you know what I mean, if you have a, you know, you know, this episode is about like podcasting, people might come for this, but people need to be convinced enough that they're going to listen to whatever the next episode is, which won't be this content. So, you know, they come for the content, they'll stay for the host and you need to understand that pipeline in how you build your titles and your show notes, which are always for new people. Um, because, once someone is a consistent listener, they don't look at the title, they don't look at the show notes, they just press play every single week because you're part of their routine. So I always encourage people to, you know, your titles and descriptions, you're writing them for people that have never heard of you is how you should always approach those. Um, because, you know, people who are truly fans, they just ought to play your episode every single week and they never look at that stuff because they're, they're, they're there just to hear what you've got to say. Um, yeah, I'm happy to... Uh, you can pick at me a bit more if there's there's more you want from that. No, that was a really good answer. Really good answer. <laughs> so, like, I, all the way through, I I really haven't cared about how many downloads I've got. I haven't. I I I really didn't give a crap about whether I chart or not. My my goal initially, like, and I maybe maybe this is a, a question that I should throw at you, but success for me meant that a year on. I was still producing episodes that that was my my only marker for success if I end up 12 months time and I've got like one download on every episode and it's my mum doesn't matter you know it's like my, my only yeah. mark for success was to that actually I'd committed to that for a year at that point I could then start looking at doing other things with it etc um, and it, it's only because a, an opportunity was presented to me in January that I thought well actually in order to look at that opportunity, I needed to understand what kind of stats I had. Um, and, and I was surprised. I was like, oh, people listen to this shit. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but, you know, it was, um, yeah, I was I was actually, I was really pleased with, with, with what I saw. I don't get, you know, we, we're not talking hundreds of thousands or even thousands, um, but it's more than I'd anticipated, and I think a big thing for me, and that this is this is across all content, you know, whether it's podcast, whether it's a video on Facebook or your live LinkedIn live stream or just a tweet that you've sent, doesn't matter how many people have seen it. What matters is who's seen it. Yes, you know? and their engagement with it. You know, um, 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's a great attitude to have because I think, you know, like with everything, there is a um, like a desire to chase just like big numbers as if like big numbers mean it's good. Um, but, you know, like the probably most watched program on TV is something like EastEnders and no one would actually say it's good just because a lot of people watch it. Um you know, when, especially with podcasting, where, you know, you're creating specific content generally for a specific niche, you're absolutely right. Numbers aren't what you should be chasing. It's it's the quality of those listeners and the engagement that those listeners get from listening and consuming your content. And I think, you know, the numbers as well, like, you know, it's because you just, you just, because it's quite one way podcasting, you know, you don't see your audience, you don't speak to them live in a room you just see a number on a screen when you check your analytics, it can be quite depersonalizing and then makes it quite hard to actually really appreciate like what you achieve. And, you know, if you're getting 20 downloads in your first week for an, for any given episode, you know, people will be like, Oh, 20. Oh, that's not a lot. But like, imagine if every week 20 people turned up outside your door to like, listen to you, like speak for half an hour you'd be like, oh, wow, this is this is really cool. Like, you know, if you ran a networking event weekly that had 50 people show up to, that would be like a big thing for the local area. Um, you know, and yeah, you know, like it's, I just always ask people to try and reframe the numbers. You know, imagine that amount of people trying to cram into your house to listen to what you've got to say every single week. And the relationship you're building with them is so strong um, that, you know, it really, for me, supersedes you know what you get with the other platforms you know like we're doing a lot of work tiktok at the minute which is really exciting and great but you know how much of a relationship can an audience build with you in a five second meme not much and how many of those do you have to consume to equal even a single podcast episode 300 400 tiktoks before you've you've reached 30 minutes of content like producing tiktok content i just i it's I hate it. It's my least favorite social media platform. I I just it it's um yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. But you know, 70% of my audience are independent recruiters. Am I gonna reach them on TikTok? Mm. Yeah. At this time, no, a couple of years down the road, maybe. Right now, nah. You know, and, and 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 this is the thing. What I will say about podcast is that you know, obviously, you've got the benefit in being able to share your message and, and that kind of thing. But um, and you must hear this all the time. It's amazing the perception that being a podcast host, that being able to say I've got a podcast, the doors that that opens is just like it blows it absolutely blows my mind 100 percent. um and it's one of the really good things about podcasting is that it's still it's still private in the sense that like no one can see your analytics other than you um you know so i'm not i'm not suggesting people fake it till you make it but it doesn't have the same you know, when people see a YouTube video that's only got 30 views, they're like, oh, that must be shit because only 30 people watch it, so they don't watch it. But with podcasting, it's what you make of it, you know, and you've got, you know, all people will see is your, your artwork, your titles, and then they can listen. So all you've got to focus on is making great stuff and you haven't got to play that kind of 
meta game of like, oh, people can see it's got a low number. So I need to then do something else to offset that. Like, no, you just make good content and the good content will hopefully speak for itself. And you're totally right. You know, like I, I've seen podcasts that people have started podcasts just so that it gives them an excuse to talk to great people. Uh, because, you know, if you said to someone, oh, you know, oh, you know, some business owner, let's say like, hey, uh, we sit down for half an hour and like, tell me what makes you successful so I can learn from it. They'd be like, get lost. But if you say, hey, can I interview you for my podcast? They're like, yeah, sure. No problem. But you're going to do the same thing. So, you know, look, I've seen people have podcasts just so that it's an excuse for them to talk to, you know, successful, and interesting people. And then the podcast has accidentally gone on to be really successful and they've got, you know, a double benefit from it. So you're absolutely right. And I think other than outside of like, you know, having audience that might become customers or buyers in some way or monetizing through, you know, sponsorships or whatever, all the weird side benefits that come, you know, the people you meet, um, uh, you know, the, the opportunities that can come, like the the doors that can open are have a huge value to themselves, even if you never, you know, take a penny off the, you know, the traditional, you know, ways that you'd monetize a podcast. Absolutely. Right. I'm conscious of time. So yeah, I'm, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to wrap up, but just before I do, so people listening to this, you know, if, if they have been listening to the previous episodes of the podcast, right from inception, my process is as simple as I do what Tom and Aaron tell me to do. It's as simple as that. I turn up, I, I arrange an interview over Zoom as we're doing this now. Zoom set up to record the tracks. After, afterwards, I literally, I dump those files in a shared drive and I carry on with my day, my week, my month, whatever. I don't have to worry about it again. It just appears and it's there for the world to download and listen to. And it really is that simple. Um, the technical side of things, if you want to do podcasts yourself, you can, you know, you, you get the equipment, you use, um, I always forget the name of the app, Anchor FM or something like yeah. that. And you have to worry about, you know, you do all the hosting through that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're on your own. If you work with these guys, like if you if you haven't got your your crap together, you get a really really polite email saying, uh, "Christina, are we doing anything this week?" Which you just ignore because you know no one actually wants to face that, right? But if you if you have actually got your crap together and you've you know it really is that simple. So, like I said, I I would say to, like podcast is is just it's been a game changer for me. I just absolutely love it. I've got results without intending to get results from it. Um, and you guys have just made it so easy to maintain. So if people want a taste of that, where are they going to find you? Uh, thanks, Christina. Yeah, do you know what? It's funny. The amount of people that tell me like the, they're the best thing about the services that we just nag them is so funny to me. Um, but you know, like, yeah, you know, accountability is really important. But everyone we everyone we work with mentions, oh, it's really great that they just like hassle me constantly. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, if you if you're interested, you can go to progressivemedia.uk. Uh, that's just .uk, not .co.uk or anything. Um, and you can see what we do there, or you can follow me on Clubhouse. It's just Tom Luter with a H, and that's 
Tom, T-H-O-M-L-U-T-E-R. And I'm lucky enough to have a relatively unique name. So I'm just at Tom Luter everywhere. I, I don't have any weird numbers or characters. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, but if you're interested in working with us or chatting with the team or just knowing a bit more about podcasting, we do our rooms on Clubhouse. So search for my name on Clubhouse, Tom Luter. You'll find me, follow me, and you'll get notifications when we do our rooms. Um, or you can go to progressivemedia.uk um, and you can either email us or book a call with us and have a chat with us. Um, always excited to help anyone interested in podcasting. Awesome. Awesome. Tom, thank you so much for your time. I re- no worries, really Christine. appreciate it. And um, yeah, obviously, I'm sure you'll enjoy editing this later. <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll make myself sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks, Tom. Cool. Thanks, Christina. Take care.